Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship. Our vision is to extend and establish the influence of the kingdom of God by equipping the saints for the work of ministry. We hope that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Good morning, church. We will continue this morning on our teaching series entitled Enlarging Our Capacity of Reception. Enlarging Our Capacity of Reception. Last week I have, uh, among other things, I have also shared with you that we can only receive from God what we prepared for, what we make room for. You cannot, even in the natural, you cannot receive anything you have not made room for. Say you have bought um, a piece of a new furniture or several pieces, uh, you cannot actually place them where you, where you want them unless you have made room for that furniture. Amen? So it is in the spiritual as well as in the natural. The same principle applies. God loves to, gives up, to give us and take us into places that we have not been before, both in the spirit and in the natural. He loves to give us far more than what we have experienced, what we have enjoyed concerning the blessing of God, whether it's spiritual or natural or material. But God is saying, in order for me to do that, I'm going to have to ask you to prepare room in your heart and in your way of thinking to make room for what I have prepared for you. God has already prepared everything that He intends to give you. In fact, the day you were born again, God opened a heavenly account in your name and has placed an inheritance in there simply because you are joined to the Lord Jesus Christ, because you are a believer. So that inheritance belongs to you. But as Galatians chapter 4 says, even though an inheritor is the, is the, uh, the, the beneficiary of the inheritance, he cannot have access to it until he has become of age. So what we're talking about, when we're talking about enlarging our capacity of reception, we are talking about growing up, maturing in our faith, maturing in our character. Amen? So today we're doing the principle of believing, part two. Last week we looked at the principle of believing, part one, and today we are doing part two. Let's read together our foundational scriptures taken from Isaiah chapter 54, verses 2 and 3 from the ERV, the Easy Read Version. Enlarge the, the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. That's the New King James Version. The ERV says, make your tent bigger. Open your doors wide. Don't think small. Make your tent large and strong because you will grow in all directions. And your children will take over many nations and live in the cities that were destroyed. Now, in talking about enlarging our capacity of reception, we looked at a Greek word last week called hypostasis. The word hypostasis is translated in the English language substance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. In other words, what he's saying is that faith gives substance and reality to our dreams and our hopes. But the Greek translation or the Greek meaning of the word hypostasis, 
which the English is substance, means an additional thing, means something more than just substance. It talks about having the ability not only to receive your dreams and your hopes through faith, but also having the ability to hold, to manage, to steward that which is added to us through faith in God's grace. Not only being able to receive the blessing, but also being able to hold and keep that blessing. We have lost many times, a lot of ground because we did not have the capacity or the ability to hold that which God has given us. Do you understand where I'm coming from? Last week I've given you the example. I may go out and buy the most expensive car on the market because I have the deposit. So I give them the deposit, they give me the car, I sign some papers, unless they do a credit check. <laughs> but purchasing that car with a minimum deposit does not mean I have the financial ability to service the payments on that car or to service the services on that car. And if it's an expensive car, the service is very expensive. Are you, you with me? So having an ability to receive from God does not guarantee that you have the ability to hold or manage or steward or keep that which God adds to you. Now, I believe, that's my personal conviction, reading the Scriptures, understanding the ways of God, the character of God, I believe that God has much more to give us than what we have experienced or received so far through His Word. Do you believe that? Do you believe that you have all that God wants to give you? Do you believe that you've experienced all that there is of God? Do you believe that you have enough knowledge of God? There is? Of course not. There's always room for growth. There's always room for expanding our knowledge, our faith, our understanding of God, His character, and His ways. Well, in Isaiah chapter 54, verse 2 and 3, God is not only encouraging us, but He's also challenging us to enlarge our ability to receive more from God in this new season. Say amen if you believe that. God builds us up and then gives us. Now, he's saying, as we've just read, make your tents bigger. Open your doors wide. Don't think small, because we serve a great God. The Apostle Paul prays for the church in Ephesus that believers may come to know. That word know is an intimate word. Or experience the exceeding greatness of God's power to those who believe. You read that? You prayed that for yourself or for your loved ones? He prays that we may come into that knowledge, into that revelation of how great and exceeding is God's power to us for to believe. And I believe the exceeding greatness of the Lord's power stands ready to work on the behalf of those who do what? Who believe. Say that word, believe. 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 His goodness and His kindness longs to be demonstrated to you and I because we simply believe. We are believers, folks. We're not doubters. So God longs to show Himself great and mighty and a good. He longs to reveal, manifest His kindness in your life and in the life of your loved ones if you believe. That's the key word. Now, if you recall, talking about the ability to receive and hold, Jesus 
addressed the same condition in his disciples a few days before he went to the cross. Listen to what he said to them. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. You ever read that? <laughs> I've heard the Spirit of God say those words to me many times. <laughs> Son, I have so much more to show you, so much more to say to you, but you can't bear them now. Why? The capacity needed to improve, to increase. But he said, when I go and I send the Holy Spirit, he will help you. He will help you make room in your heart. He will help you grow in your understanding so that you're able to receive much more from me. Now, it is with us the same thing today. Now, there are things God wants to show you and I. Things that he wants to give you or take you into. But we need to develop first in our understanding and grow in our knowledge and thus enlarge our capacity of reception. This is why we're doing this series of teachings. Why are we doing it? Why am I teaching you what I'm teaching you? For the purpose of educating us how to enlarge how to grow our capacity through the development and the maturing of our faith. In fact, this is the primary focus of this ministry. I, for me, my ministry is not particularly called to the sinner as an evangelist, but as a prophetic teacher. So the primary focus of my ministry, of this ministry, is to take believers from the milk to the meat of the Word. From the shallow ends of knowledge to the deeper ends of knowledge. It is to develop their faith where we are able to receive all that God has purchased for us through the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. So if you want your faith to be developed, this is the place to be. That's what I'm called to do. My grandfather was a blacksmith in the natural. My dad was a blacksmith. I'm also a blacksmith in the spirit, though, not in the natural. <laughs> they, they, I watched them often taking raw iron, putting it into the fire, and it gets so red and so hot. And then they would beat that iron, beat it and beat it and beat it, then put it into the, into the water, shh, then back into the fire, and then beat it until they would make beautiful instruments of agriculture. If you've come to me, you're going to take a beating. <laughs> a lot of people through the years have said, Pastor, man, yeah. Sure, man, I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time to really receive what you're saying. Every time I listen to you, I get convicted. Every time I listen to you, my spirit convicts me. I'm not where I should be. I'm not doing what I should be doing. Well, that's what I'm called to do, so don't blame me. I'm, I'm using the Word of God to shape you into a mighty instrument of God an instrument of righteousness, an instrument of integrity, where you are able not only to be blessed, but to become a blessing in your sphere of influence. Amen? A mighty sword of God, an arrow sent out to do what God wants you to do. Praise the Lord. You're still with me. So what I'm saying to you this morning is we need to move away from the shallow shores of knowledge and faith into a deeper understanding of God's ways where the power and the grace of God is released and demonstrated in me and through me to others. You cannot have that while you're standing on the shallow ends of knowledge. Just putting in your feet in the water and getting a bit cool. Just having a little bit of religion. It won't help. Enough to get you to heaven. No. 
We need to move in deeper. Those of us who want to make a difference in our lives, want to make a difference in the world we live in, make a difference in your sphere of influence. So in this series that we are doing, we're currently teaching on the principle of believing. Principle of believing. Say that. The principle of believing. That is, listen carefully, what is the principle of believing? God blesses you. God empowers you. God protects you. God provides for you on the basis of your faith and not on the basis of your good works. It's important for you to realize that. On the basis of your faith and not on the basis of your good works. Amen? Amen. That is based, the principle of believing is based on Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Now change that word saved to blessed. It's the same word. You saved, you blessed. You blessed, you saved. For by grace you have been blessed or saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man or anyone should boast. So I'm going to say this again. If you're taking notes, you better take notes because you won't be able to contain or retain all that I'm sharing with you. The principle that governs and regulates the release of the blessing of the Lord upon you is called faith. F-A-I-T-H. God will bypass a million people and come to you simply because you believe. Not because you're a goody-goody. If you look at all of the heroes of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, they were all murderers. They were, they were liars. Abraham was a liar. Moses was a murderer. David not only was a murderer, but he was an adulterer. Yet they listed in the hall of faith. Why? Because faith in God cleansed their hearts from all sin and unrighteousness. Amen? They became the men they were simply because they believed God's promises. Abraham, who, contrary to hope, believed in hope that he would become the father of many nations. And not being weak in faith, he staggered not at the promise of God, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and it was counted to him for what? Righteous. We need to understand that. God will bless you because you believe. God has blessed you because you're a believer. Amen? So, the principle that governs, not only governs and regulates the blessing of the Lord in your life, is called faith. Jesus said so. According to your faith, be it done unto you. Not according to your race, not according to your financial status, not according to your works, but according to what? According to your faith, be it done unto you. So when I speak about the blessing of the Lord, I am speaking about spiritual, emotional, physical, social, and financial blessing. The word blessing means empowered to prosper and succeed. And the blessing doesn't just work in the material or the spiritual, because we're not just material beings. We are spiritual beings, emotional beings, physical beings, social beings. So the blessing encompasses every sphere of your life. The will of the Lord is for us to prosper in every sphere of life. I don't know why some ignoramus have a problem with prosperity. And they would walk away from ministries, from ministers, because they teach prosperity. Prosperity is not just financial. It's spiritual. To prosper spiritually means that you're born again and filled with the Holy Spirit. 
To prosper in your soul or emotionally means you have a restored soul that is filled with the peace of God. To prosper physically is to be healed, to be healthy and strong. Amen? The Bible says that the Lord delights in the prosperity of His servant. As I said, I don't know why some folks have a problem with that. But anyway, I pray the Lord will open their understanding. Third John, chapter 1, verse 2 says, Beloved, who is he talking to? Who is his beloved? We are. We are Christ's. We belong to Christ. If you are Christ, if you are a believer, you are a member of his body. Amen? The head is not separated from the body. Let's not decapitate the Lord. Beloved, I wish and I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Hello? Do you believe that? Praise God, I do. Let's look at again the foundational verses of our study in Isaiah 54, but this time we will include verse 1 as well. Verse 1 through to 3. It says, Sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth into singing. Cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the dissolute than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Then he goes on to say, Enlarge the place of your tent, make your tent bigger. Open the doors wide. Don't think small. Make your tent large and strong. Why? Because you will expand to the right, to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Please notice to whom the Lord is addressing these words. Who is he talking to? He's speaking to the barren woman. The one who could not bear children. He's speaking to the desolate woman, the one who was devastated, the one who was abandoned, the one who was deserted and rejected by everyone. He's announcing good news to her. He's saying to her, I want you to start singing aloud. <laughs> long before you see your children, long before you see the blessing, you need to start singing aloud. That's expectation. That's faith. Everybody can sing aloud and shout when they see the blessing. <laughs> but blessed are those who before they see, they start shouting. Amen? You know, the children of Israel shouted before they saw the walls collapse. Amen? That's faith. Faith shouts before it sees the manifestation. Because faith sees into the invisible realm of the Spirit. And you have inside information that it is so. So you start singing and start shouting and start dancing. Everything around you looks barren, looks desolate and dry. And people ask you, why are you so happy? Why are you dancing? Why are you shouting? Well, because I'm expecting. Amen? That's faith. This is where most of us have a problem. We want to see before we believe. We want to feel before we start shouting. Well, it's never going to happen. It's like putting the cart before the horse. If you believe, you shall see the glory of God. The world says seeing is believing. God says believing is seeing. Which would you believe? And faith is an active word. It's full of action. It's not passive. When you believe, you act upon what you believe. You act as though the Bible is so. Amen? So he's announcing good news. He's encouraging her to sing aloud. Why? Because this woman is entering a new season in her life, a season of joy, a season of gladness, because she's about to break forth and experience the blessing of the Lord through growth and multiplication of her children. Now let me ask you a question. Who is this woman God is talking to? Anyone? Who? Amen. 
the woman in the Bible represents the church. The woman in the Bible speaks of the church. Of course, he was prophesying to the nation of Israel, but when we pass that through the cross, he's speaking and he's prophesying. This is a prophetic proclamation to the church. Remember, Isaiah 54 comes after chapter 53. And you know what was in chapter 53. It was a prophetic picture of the suffering Messiah. And because of the suffering Messiah, we have inherited the blessing of Isaiah 54. He's talking to the church. Now, He is prophesying to those who have experienced pain, loneliness, devastation in their lives because of one reason or another. He's speaking to those who have lost their hope. There are many believers who have lost hope today. They're paying too much attention to the media and to the circumstances around them. He's speaking to the lonely, to those who are abandoned. He's speaking to those who have been broken in heart, in mind. He's speaking to the disappointment and to the widow, her who has no husband. And some of us may have had a real tough year last year. Amen? Perhaps you have experienced pain, you have experienced sorrow in the last few months. Or you have lost a loved one. God is speaking to you. And he's saying, put a smile on your face. Can you do that by faith? <laughs> I, I, um, I often listen to Kenneth e. Hagin's teaching on faith. And, you know, he's got some wonderful experiences with the Lord. He says, you know, he was raised out of a bed of affliction. The doctors at 16 years of age didn't give him any more time to live. They, they said to him, you would die in a few weeks, a few months. God raised him from the bed of affliction, restored him physically, mentally, in every way, and he went out preaching the gospel. And after a while, he says, the symptoms came back. All of the symptoms that I was experiencing while I was in bed came back on me one night while I was lying in bed. So he says, what did you do? You know what he did? He started laughing out loud. The devil was telling him, I'm going to kill you now. You're not going to get your healing. So he, start, he said, I started laughing out loud. <laughs> I didn't feel like it, he says, but I just put it on by faith. In a few minutes, he gathered his belongings and left the room and left his body. That is why I say to you, many of us have lost the blessing because we didn't know how to fight and keep what God has given us. Amen? So, He's saying, well, put a smile on your face. Why? Sing a new song. Why? Make room in your heart. Why? Because you're about to enter a new season and experience new things that will cause your feet to dance with joy. Hey, hey guys, this is the gospel. Gospel means good news. Evangelion. Good news. God has only good news, not bad news. Amen? So he's saying to this woman, to this one who was forsaken, this one who lost hope, this one who was broken, he says, hey, put a smile on your face. Shout for joy. Sing a new song. Why? Because you're about to experience great and wonderful things from God. Some of you are looking at me. Listen. Listen. Because of Jesus... Hear this well, please. Because of Jesus, we are now recipients, not of the wrath of God, but of the blessing of God. God is not angry with you anymore. Jesus took all the anger and all the punishment on our behalf. Amen? You have become a recipient of the favor and of the blessing of the Lord. Because of Jesus, we are forgiven. Because of Jesus, we are no longer forgotten. Because of Jesus, we are no longer rejected or abandoned. Because of Jesus, we are blessed and highly favored. Heirs of God 
and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. All of it because of Jesus. Never lose sight of your salvation. Never lose appreciation of what the Lord has done for you, regardless of what you see or what you feel. The Word of God is not based on how you feel. God's promises are not based on what you see. They're based on the character and the integrity of God Himself. And remember, choice or believing is a choice that's independent of how we feel of what we see. I choose to believe God. Why? Because I'm a believer. Now, the question is, how do we make room in our hearts? How do we enlarge this room, this capacity within us to receive all that God has for us? First, you're taking notes, write it down. First, by raising the level of your expectations from God. That's the first step. You begin to expect. Amen? Many of us have lost that sense of expectation. In fact, we are expecting the worst. That's not a believer. Huh? We have many believers, unbelievers. Why do you expect the worst? Oh, we're going to run out of water. Oh, we're going we're gonna to queue up in points, you know, and we're going to... And all this negativity that is going on, you, you switch on the TV, it's all negative. It's never any good news. Amen? Amen? You need to learn to shut your ears to the voice of the world because the world runs on the fuel that is called negativity and fear. We're running on faith. Amen? Because we are not in the kingdom of this world, but we are in the kingdom of God. There's no recession in the kingdom of God. You're not a citizen of this world. You are a citizen of the kingdom of God, and your life is directly affected by what goes on in the kingdom. Not in the world system. You're not of the world. You're in the world. You are not of the world, Jesus said. You don't have to participate in what the world participates. Hello? You go to the shops and you want to buy something, you look at the price. Oh, no, I'm not, I can't afford that. Never say you cannot afford it. Poverty is mostly in the mind and in the way you think, not in your pocket. We're going to have to renew our minds. We are ambassadors of Christ, ambassadors of the kingdom of God. An ambassador, when he's sent into another country, he is financed, he's taken care of, of the country that has sent him. He could be in the poorest of the poorest countries, but yet his sustenance does not come from that country. It comes from the country he represents. And we are citizens of the kingdom of God. You are born from above. If you've been born again by the Spirit of God, the Word says you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away. You have no past. It's been wiped out. A new creation has come into being. And the new creation is registered in heaven as a citizen of the kingdom of God. The kingdom has never experienced recession or poverty or lack. Amen? You are divinely provided for. You are divinely looked after. You are divinely protected. You are divinely guarded by heaven's forces. Wake up, church. It's time we believe that, and it's time we renew the way we think. That's why God says, man, open up your mind. Open up your heart. Don't think small. So we raise the level of our expectation. You've got to take your eyes off of man, off of your circumstances, and place your expectations on God alone. God is my financier, not man. 
God is my provider. God is my protector. God is my wisdom. God is my, 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 my guide. And my shepherd. I shall not want. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. All the days of my life. Why? Because I'm a child of God. I'm privileged. I'm highly favored like you are. It's time we believe that and act upon it. Not walk around with a long face, with the world like the world on our shoulders, burdened. Hello? Take your eyes off of man and place your expectations on God alone. The psalmist said in Psalm 62 verse 5, these are words that you should know in your heart and in your mind. My soul, here the psalmist is speaking to his soul, and you and I need to do some talking to our soul often. My soul, wait silently for God alone, for my expectation is from Him. He only, no one else, Man may forsake me, but God will never forsake me. Man may abandon me, betray me, accuse me, but God will never do so. And if your faith is in men, you're going to be a very disappointed person. Today they will lift you and praise you. Tomorrow they'll stab you in the back. That's human nature. If they did that to Jesus, they will do that to you. Hello? He only, God is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense and therefore I shall not be moved. Amen. Circumstances can push me all they like. People can accuse me and push me all they like, but I'm standing firm and strong. I shall never be moved. Why? Because my expectation is from God and not from men or from the politicians. You see the crowds today, the world. They, they rally, demonstrate, down with him, down with him. But they are the ones who voted him in power. And they shouted and they killed to put the man in power. And after a few years, now they're back in the streets. No, we don't want him anymore. He's no good. Down with him. And up the one, down the next day. Why? The expectations are not on God. They're not believers. It's on men. Hello? But you and I need to raise the level of our expectation. Not on the government, not on the politicians, not what goes on around you, but on God and His Word. And therefore, if you are that kind of a person, you will never be moved regardless of where you are or what man does. Second, Focus and meditate on God's promises to you. Folks, there is no faith without the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. Focus and meditate on His promises. And thirdly, believe them and act upon them. Just keep looking at the Word. You become what you look at. Keep looking at the Word. In your mind, don't lose sight of the word. The psalmist said again in Psalm 27, verse 13, good verse to memorize and meditate on. Psalm 27, verse 13 says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wow, what a powerful promise. I would have lost heart unless I had believed. Believed what? That I would see the goodness of the Lord, the kindness of the Lord, the mercy of the Lord, the favor of the Lord in my life. You know, Christians today, many of them have lost heart. Many of them have fainted and are fainting every day. 
simply because they failed to believe that they would see the goodness of God in their lives. Somehow, I don't know, the enemy has deceived them, and they filled with fear and anxiety concerning the future, and the reason being is because they lost vision, sight. Michael spoke about if your eyes full of light, your whole body will be flooded with it. Amen? Right. Revelation. They've lost their vision of God and His Word. Why? Why? I'll tell you why. Because they keep looking at the circumstances. They keep looking at the weaknesses. They keep looking at the, the, the lack of finances, paying far too much attention to the media and what they're saying instead of looking at the promises of God. The Bible says that God has set a table for us in the presence of our enemies. That table is not in heaven. It's here. And God has prepared a wonderful table for the believer in the presence of our enemies. But you know what some believers do? They don't look at the table, they look at the enemy. No, no, don't look at the enemy, look at the table. On that table is all the promises of God. The promise of health, the promise of protection, the promise of provision, the promise of divine direction and guidance, the promise of wisdom, the promise of righteousness. All of keep looking at the table, don't look at the enemy. Hello? That's the secret. If you keep looking at the enemy, you will lose vision of who God is. Because what you look at becomes bigger. What you worry about and meditate on always takes center stage in your mind and in your heart. Amen? Now, The Bible says that when people lose their vision of God and His Word, they are. Anybody knows what happens to them? Huh? They perish. Where is that scripture? Huh? No. Proverbs 29, 18. (laughs) Put it up, please, Yvonne. Proverbs 29, verse 18 in the Amplified Translation. Look at that verse. Where there is no vision, where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God in His Word, the people do what? They perish. They perish. Don't lose your vision of God and His promise. Keep the promise of God before your eyes. Keep the promise of God coming into your ears. Learn to shut your ears to the voice of the world, to the voice of fear and negativity. Amen? Amen. Listen to what God promises. Keep hearing the Word. Keep looking at the promise. The more you look at it, the more you meditate in it, the bigger it becomes. And the bigger it becomes in you, the more room you make in your heart to be able to receive all that God has promised. So number one, raise your level of expectation this year. This is the first Sunday of the year. What are you expecting from God to do for you? What can you believe Him for? Hello? You need to know. You need to be specific. Jesus often stopped at the cry of the the people who cried out. The blind men cried out, cried out, and and people told him to shut up. But the the more he was told to shut up, the more he cried out. So Jesus stopped and he said, what do you want me to do for you? What kind of mercy do you want? He said, Lord, I want to receive my sight. And Jesus said, go, receive your sight. Jesus said, whatever you desire when you pray. Learn to pray your desires, not your your problems. (laughs) God knows your problems. God knows your circumstances. God knows your pain. God knows your loneliness. Don't pray that. Pray your desires. What do you desire? Whatever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. There's that word again. And you shall have them. Amen. Look at Isaiah 54 as, as we close. I, I, I want to be able to close this teaching today and move on. 
and we'll see how it goes. Isaiah 54, and we're going to read some of the promises that God is making to this woman, to the church, from verse 6 to 17 in the New Living Translation. Listen to what the Lord promises you, promises me, promises the church, the desolate one, the abandoned one, the one who was rejected, the one who was forgotten, the one who was abandoned, the one who was broken. He said, for the Lord has called you back from your grief as though you were a young wife abandoned by her husband, says your God. For a brief moment I have abandoned you, but with great compassion I will take you back. In a burst of anger, I turned my face away for a little while, but with everlasting love, I will have compassion on you, says the Lord your Redeemer. Just as I swore in the time of Noah that I would never again let a flood cover the earth, so now I swear that I will never again be angry and punish you. Did you hear that? I will never again be angry with you or punish you. We hear ignoramious people saying, even Christian believers, God is punishing him. Why would God punish Jesus and then come back and punish you as well? No, the one who's punishing you is not God. Don't blame God. People are blaming God for all sorts of things. And God is not responsible. I... Someone wrote me an email and asked me a question the other day. Does God, does the devil have to have permission from God before he touches you or does you harm? No, he has to have your permission. My wife shouted out, he says, no, 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 what kind of, he says, no, he has to have your permission first. Hello? How do you give him that permission? By stepping out of God's covering and protection. By disobeying. By stepping out of the love walk. And then he'll get you. He doesn't need God's permission to get you. God says, stay under my covering. You protect it. Amen? Stay under the covering of God. How do you do that? By walking in the love of God. By believing his promises. Amen? When you harbor unforgiveness and resentment in your heart, what are you doing? You're giving permission to the enemy to punish you. Hello? Listen, Jesus Christ has defeated Satan and all of his cohorts once and for all. He's taken back that authority that he had over you because of your sin. And he's given that authority, Jesus now is giving that authority to you, and he says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. If you didn't have authority to resist, why would God say, resist? If you didn't have the authority over the evil one, why did the Lord say in his word, give no place to the devil? You have to give him that place. You have to give him that permission by not walking in the will of God and in the love of God. So the Lord says, I will never be angry with you and punish you, for the mountains may move and the hills disappear, but even then my faithful love for you will remain. My covenant of blessing will never be broken. Wow. We're going to celebrate our covenant just now with communion. And God says, my covenant of blessing, not curse, will never be broken. Why? Because that covenant is made between God the Father and God the Son, and neither one of them is capable of breaking that covenant. Now, we get to be recipients of that covenant. Why? Because we are in Christ. The covenant that God made is between God the Father and God the Son sealed in the blood of Jesus. Hello? Neither one of them will ever break that covenant. And we are recipients of that covenant. Not because of what we've done, but because we believe. Yo, I pray you get this revelation. 
you, you will be transformed overnight. Amen. He says, my covenant of blessing will never be broken, says the Lord who has mercy on you. O storm-battered city, troubled and desolate, I will rebuild you with precious jewels and make your foundations from lapis lazuli. I don't know what that is. Lazuli must be some precious stones. I will make your towers of sparkling rubies, your gates of shining gems, and your walls of precious stones. I will teach all your children. Here's a promise for your children. Those of us who've got children, grandchildren, he says, I will teach all your children, and they will enjoy great peace. Not trouble, not sorrow, not heartache, not anxiety, not fear. My children and my grandchildren are recipients of that covenant, and they will enjoy great peace. Wow. That's a promise you should claim for your children and your grandchildren. They may not look like it now, but you hold on to your faith, they will line up with what you believe, and God is able to bring them in alignment with His blessings. Listen to this. Whoever attacks you will go down in defeat. Wow. I got hold of this promise in one of the worst times of my Christian faith. When people attacked me and said all sorts of evil things about me because I just preached repentance and faith, I was called a heretic. I was excommunicated from my own church. My children were isolated, outcasts because of what I believed and what I preached. And God gave me this promise. He said, whoever attacks you will go down in defeat. Now I look for those who have attacked me many years ago. They are nowhere to be found. This is a promise from God. He says, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. You are the anointed of God. And whoever attacks you will go down in defeat. You don't have to try and take vengeance. Just wait, just wait on God. You bless them. They curse, you bless. And watch God go to work for you. Why? Because it's a promise from God. Amen. Praise the Lord. I have created the blacksmith who fans the coals beneath the forge and makes the weapons of destruction. And I have created the armies that destroy. But in that coming day, no weapon turned against you will succeed. And you will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. You must silence that voice. That voice in your head that says you're no good. That voice in your head that says you're a failure. That voice in your head that the enemy comes sometimes and says you're good for nothing. You need to rise up and silence that voice with the voice of God, with the voice of His Word, with the voice of your faith. Don't take the beating. Rise up and beat the accuser with the Word of God. Learn how to fight the good fight of faith. Amen. These benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. The vindication will come from me. I, the Lord, have spoken. We're going to close it right here. Can you stand with me, please? We hope that you've enjoyed this message. For additional resources and more information, come and visit us at alphaomega.org.za.